It's the lowdown on Monday. Kind of a mellow day. I think maybe we should, in the springtime, take the show on the road somewhere. Yeah, I would love that. Where do you want to go? I don't know, like a patio somewhere. Or I mean, I would have to hang around back here and run this. But no, you we would, would get somebody who did that, and we would just come with him. <laughs> no, I'm the guy who does that. <laughs> no, but we'll get somebody else. <laughs> no, no, I can't do that to somebody. What the hell? I'm I'm inviting you out. I would even buy you like the first pop. No, I mean, listen, I would love to be there with you. I think it would be great, but it's just, you know, my role is to be on this side of the board. Well, all right, then I'll have to invite somebody else along because I'm not going alone. Well, hold on now. You know? If someone's got to go. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I said. <laughs> put in the requisition to head office. I don't even know who we put requisitions into. I, I I finally discovered how I can print stuff now. Yeah, it did Send take it a you. while. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're new. They don't know yeah. who we are. They, you know, we look like a bunch of ne'er do wells. Let's be honest. We still get a lot of side eyes from people around here. Well, it's because you make noises when you walk. It's like, who are you again? Yeah, and I walk with pace and purpose. I've been pointed. And out. you also walk with like tic tacs or something in your pants because <laughs> no. you sound like a song. I think of Drake's on the radio or something. Uh, by the way, um, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift went to Saturday Night Live on the uh, weekend, made a big, a big deal of it, and. Uh, I feel like that's sports news now. And Connor McDavid has uh, sworn his undying love for Nickelback. And I, I just want to say that I think that's okay. Um, I, for a long time now, have wondered why people don't love Nickelback. Because, you know, people say, well, they're formula. Okay, Motown was formula. Anybody bitching about Motown? Oh, wait a minute. No. So maybe maybe it's because Nickelback's from Hannah. That's not cool enough. Look, I I know how you remind me. I know photograph. I um, I don't know how many do you know. I feel like I could run through a pretty good fair amount here. I mean, I think my favorite Nickelback song is "This Afternoon." Okay, so between the two of us, could we get to ten Nickelback songs? Yeah. Oh, easy for okay. sure. So then, like, just step off. I like the Sheepdogs more, but the world has decided that they're better. So, you know, I like Nirvana. I like Deep Purple. I like the Stones. Not everybody is making records now. And I don't know. I just, you know, everybody just has to, you know, understand that sometimes the music isn't specifically for you, but you can still take pride in in a band. And I think it's pretty cool that Conor McDavid comes to their rescue. Conor McDavid is actually turning into a pretty cool guy here, what with the, the pride tape and the other things. That won't take much for him to be an icon if he speaks out on certain things. Uh, he'll be there. He's very famous. And when he says things, it resonates. Okay. Where are we now? When do the Jets relocate? Economy is killing ticket sales. Tickets are way too expensive. Can't see them staying. KCF. Well, I hope that's not true. That's why I canceled my Twitter. Too much negativity from Zap. I get that. I'm on Blue Sky now. And um, and what are you on that you can talk about? Twitter, Instagram. 
Now, Instagram, that's the one where you take little things of your dog running around in the backyard and put them on there. That's exactly correct. Okay. Exactly correct. You're not on Instagram, I've noticed. Well, what, what do I put? What would I, what would you like to see from me on Instagram? People would love to see you just going about your day to day, the meals you're having, the places you're going, the walks you're taking. People uh, would love to see it. I am not that interesting. I'd, I'd follow you. Seriously. I'd follow you into the dark. Oh, there's low tide in his left foot walking. He's got the camera on wrong and he's making sounds that may mean that he's having some kind of, you know, medical event. And we would want to know. We would want to see and be like, maybe we should step in here. Maybe we should do something. Sometimes people aren't interesting. That's me. I disagree. I think uh, people care about what you have to say and do a lot. I got to get a hobby. People should calm down. It's only game two, not 75. I agree. Sometimes it's hard to talk about hockey rationally with people. We all stuck to our opinion, and there's no amount of math that's going to convince them. And I'm obviously right about that. (laughs) Imitation, Tom. Very well done. Nurse is a distant two compared to Ekholm. Bouchard nurse is a dumpster fire. Bouchard Ekholm is almost palatable. I think people are angry because nurses are a Peter Fender in terms of cheating for offense. Only if he accepted the role of shutdown D-man. He's not a shutdown D-man. That's not what he is. Mac Modano married pro golfer Allison Micheletti, daughter of Joe Micheletti, former WHN NHL player and current analyst and reporter. Joe actually played for the WHA Oilers in the late 70s. That's a very informative and, and from what I know, correct, because the Micheletti part is correct. Cannot see what everyone sees in Bouchard. Should only be a third-pairing defenseman, possibly on the power play, Harold. Has anyone brought up the undisciplined penalty that Leon took on the power play, sweeping away the goalie stick? That eliminated the power play, took away their momentum, changed the course of the game at that time from Trent's. Good point. I also don't like that they played the top unit what must have been seven minutes. You're right about the negativity that comes from social media. It's a legitimate question. Do people enjoy sports anymore? Some fans seem to be personally offended by nurses' salary, as if it was coming out of their own pockets. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know where we're headed with all of this, but it, it does seem to be a little more personal, agitated, and aggressive. Well, hockey is our soccer football, so a little rage is expected, a place that could care less, but the world has changed in the last seven years, seems not to be going in the happiest direction. Well, I think we should just, you know, just let a little sliver of hope into your life. It's okay, you know. Like, if your neighbor is different than you, you do not have to be mad at him about it. You don't. You just don't. It, you choose to have the anger. You choose not to forgive whatever occurred. You choose to point out the differences. And if you didn't do that, maybe the world would be a better place. That's all I'm saying. This entire year needs to be used to develop the team five-on-five game, and I don't think they can with the lower end of the lineup playing so little. It's turned into tip hockey again. Well, they're trying to put in the new system. I don't think the new system's going to be any better than the old system. It's, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. I'm trying to do the Who guitar, and it didn't work. Over Skinner's last three starts, he has allowed four goals in 17, 16, and 16 shots, 875 save percentage. In the Vegas series, 750 so far this year. When's the last time he made the big save when the team needed it? It's not time to panic, but his play has been sagging since the playoffs started last season. Campbell's already had his deer in his headlights. Look back in his face. After 16 shots, Holland has done a good, jo- a lot of good, but it can all be done, done by poor goaltending. Have a good one, guys. Eric. Eric, you gotta wait 20 games. 
Yeah, unless unless a goal a goalie falls in your lap, like on waivers or something, you have to wait twenty games. You got to give these guys ten apiece. Let them see where they are, and then maybe you make a move. How should the coaches teach Nurse to play consistent, steady defense? Take time away from him. It's it's always been thus. When a player isn't paying attention, when a player isn't doing the things he, he knows you need to do, it's because he's probably tired and he's overworked. Back off his minutes. Back off his minutes. Back off his minutes. And back off his minutes. Woodcroft knows that. He's got a hurt at home. When he gets a healthy at home, it'll increase. I'm not concerned about the 0-2 start, but I'm concerned about our lack of goaltending. The preseason made me a little excited about this season. The first two games made me nervous. 12 goals on 48 shots isn't a great start. Terry North Edmonton. Terry North Edmonton and everybody, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go pick sometime in the middle of February and pick a 20-game span and then go look at in that period where the team was giving up the most goals and you're going to see a, an area just like that. We get confused and we get we t- we kid ourselves and we fool ourselves and it's not our fault because that's we're we're all sort of living a life and what's just in front of us or just happened has more importance than anything else in the world. So we think that Skinner and Campbell are going to play like this all year. History tells us this is a, just a minor blip. It's nothing major. This too shall pass. There's an ebb, and it's followed by flow. And we just have to be mature enough in our brain part to understand that. And we are, but sometimes it's hard because, you know, being a fan of something means being a fan of something. Did I ever tell you about the time that, that I got mad at the group Boston? No, what did they do? Well, they released an album in 76. It was called Boston. That was the one with more than a feeling on yeah, it, right? Long time, all just, there was, like, they were all hits basically. And I, along with every kid of my generation, played the living hell out of that record. And we played it, and we played it, and we played it, and we played it some more. And we loved it. And all of us began about a year after the song, the album came out, to look forward to the next Boston album. Because we loved the first Boston album so much, we knew we'd love the second Boston album. And I don't know how long Don't Look Back took, maybe three years. But Tom Schultz, who's the guitar player genius behind the band, just took forever and the record company threatened him i think they might have sued him it was just vile and i got it was just i would drive around all the time mad at them because of this one album and then i loved the second album i think i even loved the third album my third album might have had amanda on it but how can how can a human being get mad at a band well i did oh i was mad at them The orders would be 2-0 and if they had Ulanov and Reeser in the lineup. Yes, I agree with that. LT, we need an Instagram account for Ziggy, Havana Ben. Well, Ziggy would be far more interesting than me. Ziggy is an interesting dog. Ziggy is an interesting... <laughs> I'll never forget the time. We're downstairs in the, in, the, in the family room, and it's like the fireplace is on, and it's a nice, cozy day, 
and there's a spider on the rug. And, and the dog goes over and eats the spider. And my wife goes, that dog just ate the spider. And I'm like, it's a dog. Ziggy has been teaching us about life, <laughs> the circle of life, since she arrived a dozen years ago. She's something else. LT or Hi, Al. Frustrating that Woody is already abandoning lines. Connor Brown on the third line. Cy, Mike from New Brunswick. He's shaking it up. They're going on the road. I think they're going to play the living hell out of the top line, which is McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Kane. Get a lead, and then they'll back off. They're looking for a lead. they got to get a win. You know, I can say, don't panic, relax, and everybody else can too. But they have to get a win, and they will. And if you're Jay Woodcroft, you are going to move heaven and earth to make it happen tomorrow night. Me again, it's not the game two of the season. It's season eight of McDavid. We keep trying to pound a square peg and do a round hole. If there's no success, he does not stay here, plain and simple. But here's the thing, RL, so what? You know, Connor McDavid is a human being. He signed a contract, he plays here until the contract runs out, and then he makes his decision. That's what the world is. That's how it works. Connor McDavid has worked his ass off in this town, and it hasn't worked, and I don't blame him. So if he chooses to leave, that is his choice. Same with Leon Dreisaitl. These are these these human beings are not owned by the town or by Mr. Cates. There's an agreement that's been entered, entered into. There are agreements that professional hockey players have to be a part of, like the draft and those things. And Connor McDavid will have worked hard for his free agency. And if he signs in Toronto, this too shall pass, and you will get up the next day and you will go to work. The the Armageddon. It will not come because of a hockey player. If it does, it's only in your mind. Wayne Gretzky got sold. This situation, this this is better. The player gets to decide where he's going. Yes, the Oilers' start is annoying and disappointing, especially after all the hype and all the players' talk. But do not believe in this team is crazy and, more importantly, not backed up by facts. This team will be in the playoffs, although I understand it doesn't feel like that right now from Justin. I agree. LT, just wondering your thought on Bouchard's engagement level. Sometimes he looks like he's wondering what to have for a post-game meal than actually playing the game. People, I've said this before, and I'll just say it again. People can't help how they look. I said this last week. I have 300 photos of me in my house. They all look like I've either, you know, fallen asleep or I recently uh, had a, a violent event. I don't, I don't, my smiles don't look like smiles. I look grumpy or I look sleepy. Those are the two. I wish I could be sneezy, but I can't. And that's just, that is the way I look. And Evan Bouchard, his resting hockey face looks borderline 70-year-old man. But that doesn't mean he's not absolutely working his ass off, because he is. Don't be, don't be fooled by the way somebody looks, because that, that doesn't mean, mean that they're not engaged. I don't know how you can play NHL hockey and not be engaged. You get your head taken off, crying out loud. Low down, I don't think it 
or low tide, I don't think, uh, I don't believe Edmonton has 20 games from figuring it out. When it's cup expectations, like they say, it's go from game one. I'm concerned about the 0-2 start. It can become 0-3 and 0-4 quickly. Need that first win to give them some air and start to roll. Well, I think they'll look for it for sure in game three. What are people worried about? American Thanksgiving is next month. The Oilers need a number two right-handed defenseman have for three years. We keep waiting for internal growth, but it's not coming. Kane needs to pull a Vegas or Rutherford uh, and go get the guy sooner than later. Well, they had Adam Larson, and he kind of took off. And that the signing CC has not been the answer. I think we can say that. Jason Greger is on the way. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Alan Mitchell, Declan Kruger, interesting lyrics. Jason Greger joins us now. How are you, sir? I'm good, Al. Your, uh, your title sponsor, The Wolves, probably a fitting uh, today because <laughs> yeah. uh, people uh, feel like The Wolf is out to get the orders right now. Well, people are mad at Dustin Schwartz, and I don't know how in hell anybody could know from the outside if he was having a bad year because he's the goalie coach. It's two games. So if they have a shutout the next game, is the goalie coach great? Probably not. No. So, uh, you know what? The uh, the people that want Dustin Schwartz fired because, well, I want to blame someone, but I want to blame people that I really like, so I'll blame the goalie coach. I'm not saying the goalie coach isn't above blame. Right. Far from it. But uh, if, if you can show me where there's anything technically – that says they're being taught incorrectly, then I think we can have a conversation. What is about the technique that you're not liking? Because that's the, the goalie coach can't teach reads. He yeah. can a little bit, but in the spur of the moment, in the heat of the game, it's on the goalie, right? Yeah. It's it's like uh, head coaches in sports, uh, when their team wins, geez, they got a lot of great players. Well, I guess they're just dynamic coaches. And then you see the, those coaches who go to different places when they don't have as great players, huh? Suddenly, they're not winning as much. It's almost like the players impact the game more well, than the coach. I remember when people were mad as hell about Mike Smith, but Mike Smith was stopping more pucks. Huh. Yeah, hey, they, they wish they had Mike Smith at his nine fourteen save percentage right now. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be doing cartwheels. They're like, oh, my goodness, Mike Smith? Oh, yeah, he might miss out on a puck every now and then. Who cares? He's stopping uh, you know, 913, 914 save percentage. Uh, yep. 750 is a long way from 914. Like, Stop making excuses. At some point, the goalie's job stopped the puck. Yep. Okay? Stop the puck. Like, If you want to say, oh, there's some deflection goals, did Casey DeSmith not stop any deflection saves? Like, were all the goals who beat him unbelievable plays? I don't think so. No. But he actually had a hell of a game, but I, it's two games. I think people need to realize that they could, they could rip off six in a row here. And then everybody's like, yeah, remember when we were all upset? I mean, yeah. no, like I understand the concern because the areas of concern at the start of the year are there. Penalty kill, bad. Yep. Uh, goaltending hasn't been as good. One area that I don't think many people had a big concern over because they were pretty good last year at it was five on five scoring. But when you only have one goal five on five in two games, it's really hard to win. And then you combine it with the fact that your goalies are rocking a 750 save percentage in each game. Like it's a, you know, it doesn't take a genius uh, to figure it out. Right. It, well, and they're getting, they're suppressing chances five on five and getting chances five on five. They just haven't gone in yet and yeah. everything's going in their net. 
they've only allowed an average of 24 shots on goal again. Now, not every shot is a scoring chance, right? right. So they're not actually giving up a lot, right. right? There's some suggestions, oh, they're adjusting to the new defensive system. What are you talking about? When are they, what, have they ever been hemmed in their own zone? Look at Vancouver's goals. How many of them have come off the rush? Off, on the power play is different because it's not yeah. five on five. And then how many have come off the rush? Very few of their goals have come from them being hemmed in their own zone. Like, think about it. Vancouver's being, and I timed it out in the first game, they were in the offensive zone. The longest for any goal was four seconds. No. That was the longest. No. So then you look at the at the Vancouver game. There was one that was above, I think it was six seconds. Like, you know, now, hey, giving up the 2 on 0 Darnell Nurse can't make that read in the offensive zone. No. 100%. So if you want to say Darnell Nurse, bad read in offensive zone, bang on. Funny thing is, him and Cody Cece's defensive play has actually been quite good in their own zone. Yeah. It's... I just think that there's a there's always a sense of and, and losing at home on Saturday night, especially to Vancouver or Calgary, sends the 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 fan base into a, a, a real spiral. Sure. That's for sure. But the the even even in the years where the Oilers were winning the Stanley Cup, they would have a stinker or two, and they've over the years they've had a few. The eight one game, I think, was understandable that people were upset about. The Oilers should have won based on possession, based on chances. They should have won the game on Saturday. They didn't because, as you said, the special teams and their goaltending let them down. True. It is early on, though. And, hey, right now you only have two games. That's all. You, you don't have the opportunity to say, yeah, well, they'd won six of the previous eight or anything. They're 0-2. No. No. And they're 0-2 against a divisional opponent. And I don't think the Oilers have played that great. They They were okay against Vancouver, but... You look at how they played in the first shift of the game. Mm-hmm. They didn't really match that the rest of the game five on five. So it's really hard when you start at the top and then it's just a slow trickle down effect. So I can understand some frustration. Uh, frustration is different than concern for me. I think they're two very different things. You can be frustrated that they lost. I'm not overly concerned with uh, with how they played. There's a few small things. Number one, the Edmonton orders need to be a hell of a lot stronger in front of their own net. No. Right? Like, you want to talk deflections. Why are you just standing beside a guy? Get your stick on the guy in the defensive zone, number one. Number two, in the offensive zone, how many times did Casey Nismith... Now, look at the dry saddle goal. Why did he score? Because it was like the fourth chance. They're banging around. He's a fish out of water. He's flopping all over the place. How many other times were they getting second, third opportunities? you got to pay the price to score goals in the NHL. It's just yeah. a fact. you got to, you got to be around the net, and you got to bang home rebounds and get some ugly goals, and that's what they got to get back to five on five. I think Evan Bouchard, I, I, he's trying to battle, but he's not good at it. And I, I, I think if he spent more time just trying to get the puck and get it out, that's what he does well, And especially when he's playing with Ekholm, because Ekholm can do a hell of a lot of, of the, the heavy work or the hard work and just let Bouchard do what he does well. So wait a sec, Al. Are, are you telling me <laughs> that... Ekholm isn't a miracle worker, and he wasn't going to snap his fingers. And because he was in the lineup, Evan Bouchard was suddenly going to be great. Huh? Yeah. Crazy how that works. It's like there's a little bit of responsibility on the individual player, and play to the player's strengths. 100. Right? Yeah. You obviously you always want to keep improving, but if you try to improve and it's a detriment to what you're best at, well now now you're just swimming in neutral. Yeah. Uh, Connor Brown moving Ben to the third line, Fogel moving up to the second line, and Drysaddle with McDavid. That's likely going to be what we see on the road. Your thoughts on those moves? Well, I don't know how long it lasts, to yeah. be honest. I think, you know what, you've got two games, you have one player with a five-on-five goal, and offensive confidence matters across your lineup. Now, here's I can look at it both ways. A, 
they're getting a lot of shot opportunities, yeah. right? They're getting a lot of chances. So you could argue and say, well, why are you switching up? If you're a firm believer of, well, I don't worry if there's chances coming, which is exactly what the head coach said today, then why are you switching the lines? However, I also understand that slumps and lack of confidence can build a lot quicker than you think. And it's early in the season. And if they had gone two games in, in March without two five on five goals, it's not a real big deal right. because you have a massive amount of sample to look at and recent success. Well, right now you have no recent success for players. Um, you know, you put McDavid and dry settle together. I know some people get worried about it. The orders have enough depth. I don't get too worried about it. Look at Nashville. Like, are you really worried that, geez, if the top line can't score, there's no chance the orders second and third line can't score. Why? Why the hell can't they score against Nashville? Nashville's not a juggernaut. Uh, they got a really good goalie, yeah. but they're not a juggernaut. And by putting Drysaddle and McDavid back together against Nashville, uh, even the best players in the league, you want them to get their cookies and you know get some confidence early. Yeah. And so you put them together against a team that Leon Drysaddle has scored on for fun in the last 20 games. Why wouldn't you do it? So I, I don't mind uh, them doing it uh, here and there. It, it can't be something you do all the time. As far as Brown goes, I think Brown did very little in the top six in the first two games. So I don't have a problem moving Fogel around. But I think it's going to be interchangeable. I don't think we're going to see three set lines all year long. I think that's fair. I've been very impressed with Dylan Holloway. Uh, you know, he, I, he's a young guy. He's playing a third line. He gets chances, and he's using his feet. And he's been very obviously faster than some of the other wingers. Oh, yeah, Holloway's quick, man. As he joked, he'd like to race McLeod and see who's the second fastest forward behind McDavid. Yeah. So look, Holloway can definitely move. You know what? Uh, he, he looks a little bit stronger naturally. He's a young player, and he's starting to make more plays. If you look at him and both both him and Fogel, look at the amount of shots they're getting five-on-five five in the minutes that they're playing, right? Like they've only played about 10 minutes five-on-five five each game because there's been a lot of power plays and penalty kill on either side. But... They're right up there in shots. Like, so that line's being good. There's no finish. Right. And so that's the next step is, hey, shots are great, but finishing matters more. Uh, the other, I actually didn't mind the fourth line. I thought Adam Ernie had actually a pretty good game. Yeah, he was uh, good on the PK there for a very good on the PK. Yeah. Just getting just the simplest thing about getting the puck out of the zone now, yeah. which saves you 15, 20 seconds every time. I thought he was very good at that. Uh, NFL weekend, my Eagles lost, the 49ers lost. Uh, uh, it was weird. Cleveland winning. Um, any thoughts on that? In the uh, the Bills should have lost. Like, did the Giants oh not God. understand clock management? <laughs> no, they don't. Oh my goodness, that was embarrassing. Like, jeez. Uh, honestly, they should have beat the their clock management in the second half. I'm like, what? And and even in the first half, how do you not get a playoff to, and not even attempt a field goal? No, it's that was. Uh, I kept expecting Joe Pisarczyk to show up and and fumble the ball. Uh, good game tonight, though, right? Chargers and and Cowboys. That should be a good game. It should be a good game. Uh, come on, Eckler. I need a few points in fantasy, Al. You know how that is now. It's how all are you selfish. doing? Are you are you? Uh, sucking, you know what? I, I had a tough start. Uh, some of my guys were injured, but you know what? The team's starting to roll. I you know I traded away a lot of my guys last. Last year in our league, so I should have a good team, and I have a good team. And Eckler really hasn't played since week one, so getting him back will uh, will be nice. Uh, Adam Thielen's been unbelievable yeah. uh, for me in Carolina. So Joe Burrow's healthy now, and um, yeah, there's lots of things going on. Like it's fun. I, I enjoy fantasy football. I'm only in one league. Like how the people like Connor and Brandon and those Declan, those guys are in like five leagues. Well, or they four have leagues. no life. It's, it's crazy. Not like us. So We're busy. It's, uh, it's uh, too much for me. Then I feel like you can never really know who to root for because you're just rooting for everybody. I. Uh, um I was in a rotisserie baseball league uh, for years. Yeah, dude, that's way too much work. Well, but not only that, I like 
I I was I would walk around grumpy if my closer didn't close and I needed to save. I'd be bitchy to everybody the next day. I couldn't control it. I was just like <laughs> an ass to everybody. So I had to get out of that thing. Now well, I, baseball is too much. Like I respect people that are in it, but it's a way too big of a commitment for me. It is. You got to do it every day. Got to change. Yeah. You know, you got to oh, make moves. Way too much. The waiver wire. Uh, how, is this a keeper league? Uh, two keepers. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's coming up on the show? Uh, we will have, we have a busy lineup today. Um, lots of, we'll talk, you know, the Elks. Jeez, how do you, God, we didn't talk about that. What a no. debacle. You're yeah. up 21 and you do absolutely nothing. They, ju- they, they, they did what they did in the first half of the year, which is basically stand around. Yeah. Like no. it was such a promising start and just after that, like now, the three minutes, obviously in the second quarter, highly entertaining, mm-hmm. but those three minutes, oh man, turnovers, defense, special teams, oh, that was an ugly sequence. So, and you know what? You got your bang for your buck if you went to the game, but it was definitely disappointing and really nothing going offensively. So we'll touch a little bit on that. Uh, we'll hear from, I had a one-on-one with Evander Kane today, uh, talking about the order. Some things he feels just specific. Obviously there's no panic button there, right. but there are certain areas he feels the team needs to improve on. Same with uh, the head coach, so we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, Andy Petrillo will talk as Canada got spanked in a friendly against Japan. How much concern is, is there there? Uh, some suspensions in uh, North American pro soccer we're going to touch on, Al. Uh, not necessarily flattering. And uh, a few surprises in the early first weekend of the National Hockey League. I know Carolina got spanked by Anaheim. They did, yeah. The uh, I know who saw that coming, right? But Ducks' new uniforms are nice. Everybody likes, yeah, those are the, right, they're going old school, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, yeah. those are good. And, you know, hey, Austin Matthews tonight could become the first player in NHL history to have three consecutive hat tricks. It's really hard to do, but he might have the best possible team to do it against in the Chicago Blackhawks. Do you feel, um, is Toronto better this year, you think? Well, they're good. Here's a funny stat, though. If you look at all their offense right now, it's unreal. The order's five on five save percentage Al is seven fifty. Yeah. It's the worst in the league. Yeah. Second worst is the Toronto Maple Leafs. So they're 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 winning games, yeah. right? Yeah. But if you look at Toronto, what's the area they improved? Like I'll tell you right now, I now it's only it's early. It's yeah. two games. But TJ Brody has not looked good at all on the back end in Toronto. And when I look at what Edmonton did with Barry and Ekholm, not that and Barry never played like that. Barry actually played pretty well. Yes. But Toronto Tree Living is going to have to improve his defense like the orders acquired at home. They're going to go to find somebody like that. I yeah. think that's what they need. But, you know, they're, Toronto's a good team. Like, I think they're going to win there to pick them to win their division in the regular season. Yeah. Uh, they're, Edmonton's a little bit higher because Edmonton's won more rounds. Yeah. But both of those teams are going to be graded on what they do in the postseason. And both of those teams will be asked to improve defensively. When they meet in the final, will you do the Toronto games out of Toronto for you? Will you do a show out of Toronto there when the Oilers and the Leafs meet in the final? I, you know what, Al? If they did, I would. No. Yeah, I would uh, I would do the uh, you know the red-eye flights a little yeah. bit cheaper. Well, right? uh, Why not? There's not as many people on there, no. so you can sleep on the flight. I would... Uh, I would take that. It'd yeah, be the, it'd be fun. Final, final summer of Canada as a country. <laughs> Could you imagine if there's two Canadian teams? And honestly, it wouldn't matter who, but I, I do sense like right now, Toronto, there's a real love-hate with a lot of other cities around Toronto. But I also get that sense from Edmonton, too, because Edmonton had their string of all the first-round picks, and everyone's like, oh, Edmonton, and then they won the McDavid lottery, so that pissed off a lot of uh, fans outside of Edmonton, which is good. Like uh, Usually, if people despise your team... You got to be somewhat competitive. No one hates 
the losing teams. No. Right? Like, no one's like, oh, those Buffalo Sabres. Jeez. Can't stand them. They've really irked me lately. Right? Like, they haven't made the playoffs in 12 years. It was like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for the longest time. Exactly right. Everybody's like, oh, I don't mind the Riders. Like, their fans are friendly. They wear watermelons. They paint their faces. They never win. And then they got competitive and all of a sudden it's like god now their fans are annoying yeah so that's kind of what happens when they won in 07 and 13 and by 13 i'd given up on them they had just you know they turned from from that friendly loser team that you could like to <laughs> now, now they had a reason to brag <laughs> yeah and people didn't live like hey wait a sec i, I don't want you to have any success <laughs> i cheered for you because i knew you'd have no success <laughs> thanks jason appreciate it have a good one all right that's jason gregory he'll be live on the radio coming up at two o'clock uh we are going to take a break it's 135 coming up we're going to talk about about the uh, uh, few rumors, NHL and some baseball rumors as well. Uh, Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. A new name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Say hi to Doug and Mary. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. God, that takes me back. I always wondered, when I used to listen to that song, I'd sing the hell out of it. And, and I always wondered if there was a real uh, Dino's Bar and Grill. Oh, there must be. There yeah. must be one out there. I think it's, you know, I hope it's a great place. <laughs> it's too random to make up. I hope you can drive your hog or your limo in there and just have the, just the greasiest damn burger ever. Or, you know, fish and chips or whatever you like. That's where we should do our on-the-road show from. Dino's, yeah. Dino's Bar and Grill. <laughs> Don't you, you know, they used to call them greasy spoons. I don't yeah. know if anybody would oh, be, yeah. you know, happy with that anyway. Everybody's into these health kicks. And Do you eat any of that non-food food? What do you call it? Like superfoods, like, like that y- stuff, like quinoa and like. No, I mean like the 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 um, the stuff that, it, that they pretend it tastes good, and they put a bunch of spices on it, and then it's really just you know. Yeah, quinoa. <laughs> <laughs> I would like food, please. That steak I made last night. Damn it! It was good. You, are, the, are you, with how much you've talked about it today, it must have been pretty special. Well, I just, you know what? We don't buy steak a lot, you know, because mm. the prices on things are, you know, I mean, steak's not quite as expensive as salad, but it's getting there. Yeah. And um, so, like, I hadn't had it in a while. Yeah. And I, I I don't know how, do you barbecue? No, well, no, I don't have a barbecue. Oh, like, okay. I don't have a propane hookup at my place, but like, if I'm at like my a, dad's or something, or my mom's, we'll get a we'll George barbecue. Foreman. It's not that, you yeah. know, you could, there's lots of ways you could do it. I don't but, want to burn my foot off, you know. <laughs> anyway, I, I went, I didn't, I didn't spice it up a lot. I just put on, you know, like some seasoning salt and pepper and salt and just, it was really basic, you know, cause, uh, I, I haven't, I don't have a lot of the things I ordinarily would have cause it's been a while since I had steak and oh, it was so good. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, we have some actualities from the Edmonton Oilers uh, media veil today. We're going to go with Jay Woodcroft talking about the team and where they're going and what he'd like to see. Yeah, you know what? I think there you look at all areas of your game, and the fact of the matter is we scored one even strength goal in two games. Um, obviously, there's a lot of chances created. There wasn't a lot of finish. I think uh, the shooting percentage at even strength is about 2%, which is... No, not our standard, but you you worry when you're not getting chances. I think we're creating chances. Uh, to Evander's point, I think in that kind of red zone area, you know, below the hash marks, we can be harder. We can be, we can display second and third effort. Um, I think the best example of that was how we started the game last last game with uh, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and Hyman. It, 
looked to me, I saw three very hungry players that were uh, willing to do what it took, get their nose dirty, burrow over the blue paint, and uh, they were rewarded. That's the even strength goal that we scored. So um, we're pleased with uh, the amount or volume of chances, not pleased with our finish just yet, uh, but we think we can continue to go uh, to harder areas to find success. At the same time, Jay, we've seen Connor and Leon together a little bit now. I mean, yep. Obviously, that's an option to you, but what have you seen from them? Um, in their entire game or just when they're together? Yeah, you know what? I put them, yeah, I thought we were a little flat in the second period in Vancouver. I put them together and we liked our response. Um, we wanted to go back in game two with the lines that we started with, give everybody a, a, a second chance. Um, you know, and then we, we ended up moving some pieces around the chessboard as that game wore on. I think when they play together, um, you know, it's a dangerous combination. The results speak for themselves. Um, not only did uh, they create numerous chances when they were together, they drew a lot of penalties uh, as well. So um, you know what you're getting when those two guys are together. A little factor in the fact that lately Leon just almost scores at will against Nashville. So do you, do you play the odds with that too? Oh, I think they're a new coach. They have new players. They have a new direction down in Nashville. You know, I think uh, past performance is a poor predictor of future performance. Uh, is that what they say in the investment world? Um, but, you know, obviously certain people feel good in certain places. I think that there's something to that. But uh, we're not hanging our hats on uh, anybody's past performance. We're looking forward to making sure we play a complete 60 minutes tomorrow night against a team that's hungry. And, and working real hard down in Nashville. I know it's just practice, but you had Fogel up in the kind of your top six. Yeah. Just a reward from what you've seen from him or just a switch and trying to get some other combinations going? A little bit of both. Yeah, a little bit of both. I think Warren's shown up in a lot of chances for um, he's going to the right areas. It hasn't gone in for him, but um, he's going to the good spots and you know, and just mixing some things up I think is it's a good thing. We're, we're trying to find um, the right chemistry in order to find some of that offensive success and uh, while at the same time tidying up a few areas defensively as well. Yeah, you know what? His first shift, I saw him go back for a puck, uh, get a four checker on his back, spin, pop it into the the next next player, and uh, you know that's what we we miss when he's not in the lineup. He has a real poise about him. But that said, he's missed a lot of time. Uh, you got to respect that and understand that you know he's going to continue to work his way into being who he is. Um, I'm sure that heading the national. Nashville is going to be an emotional time for him. Um, and I know his teammates are going to lay it on the line uh, to make sure he walks out of that building happy. You've been in that, you've seen that a lot where a guy goes back to, to where he was. And, yeah. You know, just your experience, what's it been like? And he doesn't know what it's going to be like because he's never been traded before. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the better examples was when Dunks, uh, Duncan Keith went back to Chicago for that first time and it was a very similar circumstance in that uh, he played one game before he, he was coming off an injury and, and whatnot and um, you know I think yeah you have to go through it you have to live it I'm sure it's going to be an emotionally charged time for him uh, we want to put our focus on making sure we're playing the game the right way um, but you know, I expect his best, especially in his old building. Where are you at with, the, uh, with your penalty kill? I know it was yeah. an area you were looking to, to uptick a little bit this season. What have you seen so far? Yeah, well, you know what? 
the first penalty kill goal of the year against went off someone's knee pad. Uh, so that's a tough, tough way to start. Um, you know, there was a couple of things we would have done differently in Vancouver. Um, I think uh, we went one for three last game. So it wasn't perfect, but it was a step in the right direction. It's a continued work in progress. He used the word burrow. I like that. And uh, Jay Woodcroft is an interesting uh, fellow with his verbal. And I thought that was a really nice touch there to use the word burrow talking about the, the dry side of line in the game here in Edmonton against the Canucks. Connor McDavid also spoke a little bit about uh, the team and where they're going and what he'd like to see. Yeah, I thought there was a lot of things we can build off of off of uh, Saturday's game. I thought the compete was a lot higher. I thought we did a lot of really good things. Um, you play that game over a few times, you might you might win. So um, obviously not the result we were looking for, but lots of good signs. Um, Some to build off for sure. When you look at you know your team's obviously scored a lot of goals for, for many years. A uh, mm-hmm. little bit slow five on five through two yep. games. Is it what do you what do you do as a collective group to get your offense back five on five? Well, you saw a lot of pucks on it like we did last game. I thought uh, we generated a lot of chances. Um, you know, one just didn't go. So, um, you know, you stick with it. Um, you know, you uh, go to the net. Uh, you know, that's where a lot of goals are scored. So go to the net and, and uh, you know, not, you're just not denied. Um, that's ultimately what it is. You didn't score two power play goals. You had seven opportunities. Did you, did you like how the power play is looking and kind of building going from there? I thought, you know, obviously we scored a couple, and I thought we had a lot of really good looks. Um, you know, you'd like to have that one in the in the third period back, that five on three. Um, you know, I thought we had our looks. We we, we got the looks we're looking for, and, and I thought uh, we just didn't cash in, um, and that happens sometimes. So, um, a lot of good signs on the power play, though. You guys are comfortable playing wherever. You've made that really clear. At least today, you're skating with Leon on a line. When when you two end up playing together. Um, see lots of power play time together, but even strength. What do you think you need to take advantage of when you guys are playing together? Yeah, I mean, when we're playing together, I think we just both have the puck a little bit more. Um, you know, we uh, do a good job of getting the puck to each other. Um, obviously, he's one of the best passers in the world, so um, if not the best, so you got to just get open and, and uh, um, trust that he's going to find you, uh, and he usually does. So I think that's kind of the main difference um, for us to just kind of. Uh, Two game trip, obviously. Uh, just a lot on Nashville and what they bring and maybe some of the challenges they present. Yeah, they've been playing really hard. Um, you know, they're a, they're a strong team, um, veteran team, uh, you know, a good mix of veteran and young guys. So um, they're playing hard. Um, you know, it'll be a good test. Mateus is going back here for the first time, right? Just since he's come here, I guess, what has he brought to the team and, and how, how important has it been to, to the Blue Line? Uh, I mean, it's, it's since he's come here, what has he brought? He's brought so many different things obviously in the room um, you know he's a leader um, you know a, a true professional um, you know brings it each and every single day and um, on the ice um, you know just such a calming presence I mean uh, you could probably just feel it on uh, on Saturday just you know what he brings to, to, to our team and you know it's his first game and however long so um, nothing but good signs there from him two game losing streaks during the regular season happen off the start of a season, though, is it is it different? Is there a different sense of urgency for you guys, or could you just take this like you would any two-game losing streak? Uh, no, you want to get off to a good start. Um, you want to get off to a good start, and we haven't. Uh, but it's two games. Um, you know, if we win on you know a win on a uh, win tomorrow night, leaves us at one and two. We were one and two last year too. So um, you know, not the best start, obviously, not what we're looking for. Um, but you know, like I said, I thought. Uh, Saturday was something to build off of and look to continue that tomorrow night. 
How many takes did it take you on your new CIBC commercial? How'd that go? It was a long day. It was a long, long day, but uh, it was it was fun. Yeah, just something that uh, I'm used to now. But yeah. how would you evaluate um, your commercial skills with uh, with Leon's? Have you seen his? How would you evaluate the two? I don't truthfully watch them, but uh, you know, Leo's uh, Leo's got a great personality. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure he's a great actor. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. That was a nice touch at the end. I th- I'm going to say I think Leon is more comfortable in front of the camera. Uh, certainly Leon, uh, based on, I, have a lot, I follow a lot of women on my timeline, and the number of photos of Leon that I see with ooh, ah, and various other words, I think Leon has uh, a wide appeal, we'll put it that way. And I don't know about his, his uh, television production chops, but uh, interesting stuff from both men, from Woodcroft and McDavid. Um, I would just say, look, don't panic. I know you're a fan, and I know that things get upset when you, you know, plan your Saturday night and it doesn't go the way you want. But um, it's a hockey game, right? And it's a long season, and they're they're tremendously talented hockey players. And this team, I think, will win the Stanley Cup. Uh, that's what I'm betting on. By the way, there are some other. NHL rumors we'll tell you about. Taylor Hall will play tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs for Chicago. He was injured, and everybody thought he'd be gone for a long time, and he was not. Uh, Canadians Kirby Dock out long-term with a lower body injury. And Chris Johnston has arrived at the Athletic. Congratulations to Chris, and welcome to Chris. Uh, I know him uh, enough to say that he's a friend of mine and a good man, and we had him on the uh, other radio station on a weekly basis, and he really brought it. We, we look forward to hammering him with 20 questions in you know, seven minutes and he'd always get the right answers. So low tide, couple of questions. At what point do the orders think uh, about buying out nurse? The answer is they won't. And when do we start uh, pointing the finger at Manson for Bouchard's weak defensive play from Mark? It's Bouchard is not a naturally tough, vicious puke guy. So that's not in his game. He's a finesse guy. And I know order fans often don't like that player, but they do have value. And so, you're going to have to live with the non-aggression and love the passing. And it shall always be thus. Oiler fans in the 80s were mad at Paul Coffey. Paul Coffey is the most amazing skater I've ever seen uh, as a defenseman live. I never saw Orr. Uh, but people didn't like that he couldn't play defense. And they loved, you know, Jason Smith. And that's the framework of the town. It's a hard-working town. But it doesn't mean that Evan Bouchard can't be highly successful and help this team win a Stanley Cup. You need more than one type of player to win a Stanley Cup. Did we forget anything? Did we not talk about your uh, Mrs. Andrews enough? Anything that you would like to get off your chest? No, we did everything great. We had a great show. It's time to wrap up, unfortunately. But I think we hit uh, we hit everything today. All right. Well, I, this is my two hours of work for the day, so I guess I can go and relax and uh, lay in the sunshine. And I wish everybody a good day. I will say this, that that uh, I, I think the cooler weather is coming. So what is that? You have your three falls. Which one are we heading into? We're in the middle of spooky fall right now. Winter falls up next. But we enjoyed, what was the other one? Summer fall. Summer fall was very good. Always a great season. All right. Thanks, everybody. We enjoyed it. Gregor's on the way next. Enjoy your day. Time for a sports update.